0: To on the road with mike and andy the number one australian weekly trucking podcast made for aussie truckies by aussie truckies we're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around australia so please do us a favor listen in on your favorite podcast platform hit like and subscribe leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us on the road is brought to you by nti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer visit the website at nti.com.au and welcome back to On The Road. It's episode 72, and this week Mike catches up with industry legend Rod Hannafie to talk about his new truck and a host of other interesting stuff. We're joined by a self-proclaimed gypsy Scotsman who's made the shift from Scotland to Alice Springs. Colin Lilly talks about his musical journey and his new duet single he's just released with country music megastar Catherine Britt. We've got all the latest from the On The Road newsroom, Wake The Truck Up with the truckies' accountant Ben Charles, Mike Wax's lyrical about truck parking in Something to Talk About, and great music from Colin Lilly as well as Queen of the Blues' Bonnie Raitt. It's all good enlightening fun, so... Let's get this show on the road!
1: Yes! Get over that!
2: G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Truckers. And when I'm
3: on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road. But when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. Right? <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. and Radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of trucking classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address... Big Rig Radio at Yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio
0: We recently played Colin Lilly's hugely successful song "The War," and during January, Colin has released a brand new single, a stunning duet with the incomparable Catherine Britt called "The Road." He's supported the likes of Diesel, Busby Maru, James Rain, and The Animals. With a strong, rich and instantly recognisable voice, along with an amazing beard most of his blokes could only ever dream about growing, Colin has a presence both musically and physically that commands your attention. A brilliant musical storyteller and a top bloke to boot, he is the deeply individual and hugely talented Mr Colin Lilly. G'day Colin, great to catch up with you, thanks for joining us today.
4: Thanks Andy, yeah I'm so excited to be here, thank you for having me.
0: Colin, from Scotland to Alice Springs, that's one hell of a cultural shift, not to mention unbelievably different climates. How did that all come about?
4: Well, for me, I was lucky enough to have a girlfriend who always wanted to travel and managed to pluck me out of where I was at the time of my life and brought me to Australia. She didn't fall in love with Australia as much as I did. So we went back to Ireland and I returned back to Australia. I think that was the beginning of my life, really.
0: That's incredible. Now, for a lot of us, we first heard your amazing voice in 2018 when you appeared on The Voice Australia. How was that experience for you?
4: Well, being on The Voice, I felt as many singer-songwriters, I was very much like, oh, I'm a singer-songwriter. I don't want to be on The Voice. But, you know, my management at the time, they told me to think of it this way. Do you want to wake up in the morning and have missed an opportunity? And they knew exactly what they were telling me because I am one of these blokes who likes to take every opportunity that comes his way. So I went on and i have got to be honest, I had the best time ever. It was one of the most incredible experiences to just be around not only the idea of the TV and the show production and that, but the other incredible musical artists as well, the other singers, the other songwriters I got to meet. Mm. So I would tell people, go for it if you get the opportunity. Go for it, because you never know where you're going to go.
0: can open a lot of doors. Yes. The confession here from me, I'm actually quite an unashamed Boy George fan, (laughs) but you have a rather different style to him. What was it like working with him as your coach?
4: Well, the reason I went with George was because of the fact that he is an OBS kind of character. Mm. He's a very brave human individual, and I guess I wanted some of that to rub off on me, because it's such an industry where how you look, how you sound how you can be switched on and switched off. Yeah. So I really wanted to just be around and see that for myself because, like, you know, growing up, everybody knows who Floyd George is. So he definitely gave me that sense of you belong where you are. You're here because this is where you're meant to be here right now. Yeah. And I've carried that on from that point because it's a reminder that you're not here by mistake.
0: Mm, meant to be. Now, let's get on to your uh, wonderful new single, The Road. You've teamed up with the lovely Catherine Britt to record a duet with the single. Yeah. Now, not only does she sing with you on the track, but you also managed to get her to co-write the song with you. How did that all come about?
4: We were in the first big lockdown in 2020. I had this melody, and I was lucky enough that I had Catherine's number, and I basically got in touch with Catherine, and I said, Hey, Catherine, I've got this melody, and I've got a couple of words, but it's really annoying me, and I'm not doing anything. Are you doing anything? Do you want to co-write? And Catherine, being the kind of human being she is, she said, absolutely. Mm. I sent a little demo off, and the next minute I knew, boom, she had sent me back this full song from what I'd sent. Mm. And the two of us just went, wow, it wasn't originally going to be a duet. It was originally me, but then it just made sense that it should be a duet. It's a co-write. It should be a co-presentation,
0: like, you know. Well, I'm so glad you did, because the two voices work so well together. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Catherine helped produce the EP that we're going to be releasing. I think Catherine had a clear idea on how she could see the simplicity of the song and how the production was. Hmm. I had a lot more of a simpler idea of it, but Catherine said, no, no, we can be simple, but we can make sure it's very appealing to everybody.
0: Yeah. Just briefly, what's the story behind the song?
4: Well, the idea was, I guess, when it comes to songwriting, there's so many great songs about being on the road, traveling on the road, and being a creative. And Willie Nelson, for instance, he's got that on the road again. And Mm. it's about getting on the road and working. And as an artist, I wasn't. Like many creatives, we weren't working. Mm. The thing was, my family were loving the fact that I was home for a lengthy time. They were enjoying having me back home. They were enjoying having me around the house to do the chores and stuff that I don't normally do because I'm away working.
0: was a bit of a silver lining then.
4: Yeah, (laughs) there was. Originally, the start, it was a great thing to reconnect with family and that. Yeah. But when I wanted to get back out to work and I started becoming that grumpy, moody individual that I become when I'm not working and I don't feel like I'm functioning as a human being. Yeah. And I'm not providing for my family. I'm not doing what I've been taught is the right thing to do for your family. And that's what pays the bills. Yeah. So the song is about my family saying, look, we know you want to go out on the road, we know you want to get to work, but you've got to remember the reason why you go on the road is here. Mm. That's the essence of the song, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, for a podcast that's called On The Road, it couldn't be more fitting. (laughs) Now, when I called you, Colin, I was expecting to be speaking with you out there in the Alice, but you're actually out and about now in Newcastle, you're telling me. Yeah. So what do you have planned for 2022? COVID permitting, of course.
4: So the plan's... I've always tried to plan big. Hmm. Like, I've always felt if I don't plan big, then that means the disappointments are going to be huge. (laughs) You know. So the plan was, I was meant to be at the International Folk Alliance in Kansas in February. Hmm. Next month, I was meant to be at Tamworth. So that's all been shifted and rescheduled. As you know, Tamworth is going to be in April. And the International Folk Alliance is going to be in May in Kansas. So that's April, May. Fingers crossed sorted. I'm hopefully going to be touring McArthur in, in the States around the of August. Brilliant. Hopefully, if I can get to the Americana Festival, we'll push for that. Mm. I'm working at the moment trying to organize some tour dates up and down the coast again. And generally just really get out there and be as resilient as I possibly can be. Yeah. Not just for myself, but also because... There's a fear in my belly that there's going to be so many young people out there that are going to be afraid to take on music as a career after what's happened. Mm. And I feel that I've got a duty, a sense of responsibility to continue to get up and get knocked down and get up and get knocked down to show that that is what this industry's all about. It's about moving forward, I guess, getting on the road and just work, 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 and no matter what comes along, continue working. So 2022 is full of hope and the idea that we can still push forward and, and things will happen, and it will, things will change. I
0: absolutely agree. Wonderful. Good to hear that positivity. <laughs> Colin, I'm sure our listeners will want to find out more about you and your music. Where can they go to find that?
4: Well, they can head off to www.colinlilly.com.au. They can buy previous recordings, and they'll be able to get any merch that I've got up there, which would be much love if you do. Thank you very much. Mm. You can head to Instagram to colin.lily.music facebook and generally if you want you can just send me a message and say hi and i can send you whatever it is you'd like as long as the wife permits through the post yeah. <laughs> you know so you can get in touch with me and all the different socials and
0: that yeah so have you got any stick on beds as part of the merch
4: <laughs> funny thing when i was thinking of merch i was And in Alice Springs, we've got this beautiful beanie festival where all the local communities around Alice Springs and all the local fellow communities and stuff, Mm. they all do beanies and it's a big competition and I wanted to get a beanie with a beard on it and do that as a part of my merch, so a beanie with the beard. Yeah. But I've not managed to find anybody who can do it cheap enough at the moment, but let's fingers crossed that something beautiful happens where I can start creating a beanie and the beard.
0: That sounds perfect, yeah. <laughs> You'd see a lot of our hard-working truckies rolling through your part of the world, I expect. Yeah. They've done it pretty tough, too, over the past couple of years. Yeah. Would you have a few words of encouragement for our truckies, mate?
4: Yeah, I definitely think that that was one of the most incredible things about when I first came to Australia. Mm. Watching those big trucks and learning to drive behind those big trucks yeah. and learning to be brave enough to pass them. Mm. But I think when you live in a country, and, and certainly coming from the Northern Territory, these guys are the backbone. And, you know, I've got a lot of time and respect. And coming from the Territory, I've known a lot of blokes that are truck drivers and how long they're away from home as well. So. I just want to say thanks very much for all the hard work yeah, and uh, continually doing it. Know that this Scotsman appreciates everything that they continue to do.
0: Good man. Folks, Colin Lilly has been our guest music artist this week, and it's been a great opportunity to get to know him better. Colin, thanks for making the time to come out and play on the road with us. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, now all that's left to do is to hear your new song. Would you be good enough to introduce it for us, please?
4: This is The Road by Colin Lilly featuring Catherine Britt.
0: Cheers, come on. Take care, mate.
4: Thanks, Andy. You take care. All the best.
5: I can see the red dirt in your soul. I can see the desert moon in your eyes. I knew the moment that I met you, I never knew. In the morning and the evening and the afternoon I'll forever love you this way I may be lost but I know where I'm going And you look at me and say The road doesn't love you White lines, they don't care. The black tar, it won't hold you. I'll always be. I just love how you take on the world with your heart on your.
2: Hanafee, President of the National Road Freighters Association. Mate, welcome back to the show. How are you going?
3: Mate, it's interesting times, isn't it? There's so much going on, and I finally picked up my new truck yesterday, although it's still not actually on the road yet. It's in Brisbane to get ice pack and scales and bull bar and auto are done from all the people I'm involved with. Yep. And then I brought it home to get the last few lights on it and get it all hooked up and get it registered and hopefully on the road end of next week, mate.
2: I'll tell you what, she looks good, mate. There's a picture of you there and I see you wearing the Japanese safety sandals as well. That's a great example, mate.
3: (laughs) Well, I wasn't supposed to go right to the bottom, mate, and of course I was there just picking it up. I hadn't got organized and got properly dressed to get in the truck. See, that's what it was. (laughs) You're
2: right, mate. She looks a little bit different to the old one. And it had to.
3: The old one's been on the road 10 years and look, I'm really proud of what it's done. It's been a bloody good truck. It's only ever let me down on the side of the road twice. Once was the clutch yep, and once was the engine, but that was at 1.3 million. Yep. So in 10 years on the road, a bit over 2 million K, it's done a bloody terrific job. And of course, Kenworth is supporting this one, as are a lot of other people and Honestly, mate, in some ways you look at it, it's a bit like piddling in the ocean. You know, you're going to piddle in the ocean and expect the level to rise. It's not. But from where I sit, there's a lot of blokes want things changed, mm. and they're all happy to whinge about it, Yep. but there's not that many that will actually do something. And whilst I know I can't do it all, you certainly can't say I'm not having a go.
2: No, that's right, mate. You've been having a go for a long, long time, and certainly some of the stuff that you've done has inspired me to do some of the things that I do. This truck, has it got all the same gear your old one had in it with all the road sensing equipment and everything?
3: Yeah, mate, certainly has. We're having a bit of an issue with trailers now. I spoke to a couple of people, and because of the fact that I wanted to contribute stuff, responses into the trailers, that seems to be a bit of a problem with a couple of the trailer manufacturers. Right. So virtually I had hoped we were going to have a new set within the next few months. We'll have an interim set because Rod Pull and Transport is 50 years young this year. Yep. So we've doing up an interim set of trailers with a set of curtains to recognize the 50 years of pillins. And of course, last year was 50 years of Kenworth manufacturing in Australia. Yep. So there'll be something on the truck to recognize both those things and I'll have them as an interim. And then now I've got to start pushing a bit harder with trailers and see if I can get a proper decent set set up for it. I've committed to at least the next four or five years. Hmm. So I certainly want something that's going to do its job and couple of people said well you know go and take the old ones back but that's not fair to the bloke in them like i had six months off from his shoulder surgery yeah and it certainly wouldn't have been fair to give it to someone and then say well now i want it back Mm. and that's why the new one had to look a bit different and the trailers will match it eventually yeah well that's all a long road though isn't it? this has been a little
2: while in the planning this truck hasn't it
3: well mate as i say the other one was 10 years old and i sort of started working on a new one about six because it's one of the only ways you get people involved is have something new and anybody that contributes wants at least some exposure for what they've done and what they've contributed. Mm. And then you've got to give them something back. The aim is certainly to go to some shows, but it'll be on the road. It's a full-time working truck. As far as I'm aware, it's the only full-time working truck anywhere in the world that promotes the industry and safety. Like, you look at what they've got in the States, mate. They've got some magnificent rigs. They promote the Army and the Air Force and the Marines and all that. And then they do a really magnificent job. But a lot of those trucks don't work full-time. You've seen some of the show trucks over there. They're absolutely magnificent,
2: mate. Yeah, I have, yeah.
3: But yeah, they don't do the caves that we do on the roads that we do either.
2: Oh, that's right. Well, mate, the thing's are credit to you. I mean, she certainly does look the part, and she's certainly distinctive. Mm, mm, thank you. <laughs> we'll be looking forward to seeing you down the track, and I'm back over on the East Coast, mate. We might have to run into each other and have a cup of coffee somewhere down the track.
3: Oh, absolutely, mate. look forward to it. It's funny, I was talking to Rod Pillin the other day and he said, I said, where'd you get that idea? And I said, well, I've been looking for a long time. Like I say, I sort of started this planning four years ago and it's taken longer than I had hoped. Mm. But I've been looking at trucks for a long time, not just for that sort of thing. You know, I look at beautiful trucks. There's a lot of nice ones out there. Yeah. But it had to be something a little bit different, a little bit unusual. It's got to be something that, People will recognise, and you, know, you will it in the dark, of course, once that gets all set up. Yeah. And if the, you imagine a set of curtains behind that match it, I think it's going to be something that will draw enough attention from the public. And that's what it is, mate. I don't need to convince a truck driver that car drivers need to share the road. I don't need to convince a truck driver that the roads need fixing or we need more rest areas. But unfortunately, they're not the ones that make the decisions. Mm, that's right. And they're not the ones that we need the support of to get the government to act. So like this is the start of a new year. I've got two focuses straight away. One's obviously getting this set up on the road and getting all that organized. But the next one is rest areas and stopping bays. Mate, I came home from central Queensland somewhere the other day and there was three stopping bays within a kilometer. Yeah. Why? Mm. Who organized? What they cost? (laughs) And yet they could have built a decent parking bay for the amount of money they spent on three stopping bays. That's right. But there's no national guidelines, there's no national rules. And it's sort of like, oh, geez, it's the end of the year. Quick, we've got to spend this money. Go and put another parking bay in. Oh, there's one already there. Oh, don't worry, just put another one in. It should be, right? (laughs) And then we can't get the money for them to fix. And, mate, the next thing is penalties and things. Like, you know, the HVL review is underway, of course. Yes, of course, yep. I have a suggestion, and you know that we wrote to all the police commissioners in Australia. Yes saying that NHVR is out there and they've put it in writing that any on-road interaction will be about education first and then enforcement. Yes. And that's a magnificent scenario. It's a change from what it's been that confrontational thing on the side of the road. And of course, they haven't taken over all the states yet. They've got a couple to go. (laughs) But to actually put it out there is a good thing. So of course, we said to the police, well, will you follow that intent? Now, the Northern Territory bloke wrote me a letter, and his letter virtually said, it's not a problem here, and he's right, yeah. but both Queensland and New South Wales put their task force people onto it. Yeah. Now, they virtually said that they can't half-police the law, right. get the law changed. And I said, well, Jesus, we're working on that, have been working on that for a long time, but, mate, I reckon that there should be a thing where you get like a tolerance and I imagine that if you open the front of your logbook and a copper should give us three warnings for a clerical breach. Yes. And we know that clerical breach fines are now about $180 because of CPI and they mean absolutely nothing for road safety. Yes. And they're used to punish us. And I reckon that you should get three warnings. So if you've made, you've left one date off, Okay, when the cropper opens your book up, instead of giving you a blister for $180 for leaving the date off, he puts a signature and a date inside the front left-hand cover of your logbook. Yep. And you get three of them in there, then the next boat writes up because you obviously haven't been trying hard enough. Yeah. And I think it should be the same on the right-hand side. I You've got a 15-minute breach or something that, again, has nothing whatsoever to do with road safety Mm. and that everyone else gets paid for and we get punished for you get a signature on the right-hand side. Yep. And once you've got three in there, the next bloke knocks you off. Now, that's given you a bit of leeway. It's given you a bit of grace. It's having something that's sort of in place, but it's informal. Yes. And like a copper has a right to say, well, no, mate, I don't go along with that. Yeah. But that's why we wrote to the commissioners. It's got to come from the top down.
2: Yeah, it does.
3: And I've got to say to you, mate, the two blokes that I spoke to from the task force said, well, I wouldn't have knocked you off for of that last breach you had for a 15-minute overlap. Mm. I tell my blokes not to do it, but I don't control every police officer in Queensland or New South Wales. Yes. And how else do we get them to do something until finally they fix the HVNL? and are we going to get what we want fixed in that yet? So we've got the NTC on notice. We want to be involved in the review of penalties. Believe you me, I'll be going hard to get some things changed there.
2: Yep. Well, there's a lot to be said about it. I mean, obviously, if you've seen that last bit I wrote there about why Western Australia doesn't want to have a bar of the HVNL, then you'll understand that I think that I'm on the same page and have been for a while. Mm. Mate, we'll just take a quick break and we'll hear from our sponsors and we'll come back with some other
0: stuff. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page.
2: We're back with Rod Hanafee, President of the National Road Freighters Association. We've been talking about his new truck right industry vehicle and what a special piece of gear that is. That's going to be out there on the road shortly. But mate, what we want to talk about now is what else is going on in the country, mate? I'll tell you what, there's been a heck of a lot going on since before Christmas, hasn't there?
3: Everyone's either flat out or they've been affected by COVID in one way or another. Yeah. The tests, the regime, the changes. They've taken away all the truck testing centres now. So up until virtually, I think it was Sunday night, you still had to be tested to get into Queensland. But then you had to find somewhere to get done before you got there. Well, they've removed that now. As I came down yesterday, the borders were open. There's no one there anymore. Hmm. But you've still got to be compliant. We've got to be aware. I think the industry's done a marvellous job. And you and I know that we have. Other people write it, and I really wonder about how much they believe it, Yes. whether it's just written to shut us up and make us be complacent and go back to work and just keep delivering the toilet paper. Mm. But the way it's going, mate, with those things up in the air, with the supply chain being affected, people away that pack the stuff or deliver it, then you've got the AdBlue issue that's come along and the government say they've resolved it, but I was only talking to someone yesterday. They've run out in a couple of places, so we yep. are going to have to get their finger out, make sure that doesn't come back and bite us harder, mate, because this new one, it's actually a Euro 6. Yeah. So it uses both AdBlue and EGR. Yes. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes on the road. And it's funny, like I was only talking to someone the other day and the Kenworths now, like they've got all the same safety gear all the others have. Yes, you've got to spec it, but, you know, all the lane diversion and the active crews and, I don't know, the, maybe the, the blokes that bought them in the old days don't even know it's available, mate. So we've got to make sure that they know that Kenworth's bloody good trucks and here's a ride's nice and it's a lot quieter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to at least the next five years in it.
2: Well, they've certainly come a long way, the Kenworth. I think your new one's certainly different to the K200 I
3: was running across the paddock in. <laughs> and yet, it's still part of the industry. The problem is not the truck now. The problem is the roads and the problem is the rest areas and the problem is the infrastructure and the problem is a lack of consultation. Yep,
2: that is the problem.
3: Now, I went to a meeting with livestock and bulk carriers in Dubbo last year. They had an AGM. They managed to fit it in in between COVID scares and I got up and spoke as a guest, and there was a couple of ladies there from RMS, yep. or Freight Transport for New South Wales it is now. Yep. And, and I raised the issue of rest areas, and I said, look, you know, you've just done that bit of road from Bogabilla South, 40 kilometres, tore up the old road. And they said to me in front of a crowd of people, okay, you're right, we probably didn't consult enough. Now, I'll give credit where credit's due. They are now consulting with industry. They now have quite a focus. They are now pushing really hard. And I'd like to think I had a bit of an impetus in that Mm. because I was actually challenged at the meeting, leave those women alone. They're here as guests. I said, they're all right. They haven't told me to go away yet. And, of course, then I was chasing them while we were getting a cup of coffee. (laughs) And Mr. Paul would come up behind me and said, didn't I tell you to leave them alone? I said, well, you look, you're not beating me with a stick. They're all right. Yeah. But sometimes that's how hard you've got to work to get people to recognise the problem. And it shouldn't be that hard, but none of those people that we deal with, and I say this with absolute genuine intent, mate, whether you've got a university degree or whether you're the CEO of the ATA or the CEO of Transport for New South Wales, none of those people is ever going to sleep in a truck.
2: That's right, exactly.
3: Unless I take them for a ride and make them do it, but Mm. it's not important to them. Hmm. And yet you and I know how damned important it is to us.
2: That's right. Well, the quality of the roads and the state of the roads is something that is a genuine concern to most of us. And I suppose this would be an opportune point to say that guys can uh, get onto the various authorities and make a quick complaint. And if they do it rationally in a human way and and share the complaint with your mates, then the more people that talk, the more they might realise a particular bit of roads an issue
3: had a mate ring me the other day, and I'd said to him, you know, he was complaining. I think it was about the Princess Highway, somewhere down there in Victoria. And I said, did you ring up and put a complaint? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I rang up. And he said, the lady was really good. And he rang me back two weeks later. He said, they've been out and fixed it. Yep. You look at the moment. We've had a lot of trouble with floods and stuff. And we know there's a lot of repairs out there to be done. We recognize that. Yeah. But while they're there, they could be doing some of the other stuff that we wanted done as well. Now, years ago, the first highway audit trip I did was the Golden Highway from Dubbar across to Singleton. Yep. And then I eventually arranged a trip where everyone from each shire got in the truck, travelled their section, they were given a list, and then I actually took their photo in front of the tanker yeah. and got it on a coffee mug, and then I'd ring them up a month later and say, oh, how's that coffee cup going? Good. What do you want fixed now? <laughs> well, you haven't done this one yet, and that took a long time but there's a Canebill Creek runs across there and it's like a six-inch drop onto this bridge. Yep. And it's, it's only a pretty narrow bridge. And they've got rough surface signs there. But I rang the other day and I said, look, I believe this is dangerous. And to their credit, the lady rang me back and said, look, I've spoken to the engineer. We're aware. But the fact that you range that is dangerous, he's going to go and have another look and see that it hasn't got worse and make sure that it's in the program. And sometimes that's at least a start. Yeah. But if you don't ring him and tell them they don't know what it's like hitting that in a loaded B-double.
2: Oh, that's right. How could they?
3: Yeah. You mentioned those phone numbers. So we've got some little logbook dividers made up for National Road Freighters. So anybody that joins National Road Freighters, an unsolicited plug there, gets a little logbook divider that you put in your logbook, and it lists all the phone numbers for all the road authorities. And, and there is one in WA. There's one in, in the Northern Territory. and Oh, mate, I haven't been to Tassie in the truck. So there you go. I haven't rang Tassie and put in a complaint down there. Yep. But again, credit where it's due, mate. They hassled the government down there saying that it was under OH&S. It was a problem that there was no rest areas from Tassie to Launceston. And most of us would do that in an afternoon. Mm. But they got some money. They got some funding. They got the government behind them. Of course, in WA, they did the same. They've allocated quite a bit of money. It's the Other states have got a long way to go to catch up.
2: They certainly have. It is a long way to go with the way some of that stuff's been handled. I really do question sometimes how it happens, but clearly the idea is that drivers get out there and they contact the various authorities if they've got an issue with a piece of road, make a sensible civil complaint about it, and ultimately something will be done.
3: And that's the one critical factor, mate. Yep. You can't ring them up and abuse them. The lady you're going to talk to on the phone, she didn't make the mistake. She's not responsible for the budget. She doesn't fix the road. Mm. You don't ring them up and abuse them because that just makes us look a goose. Yep. It's so hard in some ways for people to recognize what we've done. Yes, all of a sudden they ran out of toilet paper. All of a sudden now the shelves are empty and they're thinking, hang on, what's going on here? But it's a hard enough job as it is. Mm. And yes, it's improved. The truck's beautiful. Some of the roads, like the Pacific, you know, Jesus, that's a big improvement from what it was. Mm. But you look how much money they spent on the Pacific Highway. And I asked starting 15 years ago Mm. that there wasn't enough rest areas on the Pacific. And if you're going to go and do it up, we need a changeover facility. Yes. And what did they do? (laughs) Spent an absolute mozza. We got a beautiful road. No changeover facilities, bugger all new rest areas, and they bypassed the towns. Yeah. So we lost those facilities where you went into town and got a feed and parked at the roadhouse. Yep. We lost all of those spots, and they put two truck rest areas out on the highway, and there's just not enough room.
2: No, that's right. I was there the other day, mate, and I ended up having a seven-hour in Arrawarra there, and it's just a circus. Mm. And that was one of the ones that came into the spotlight with the campers and caravanners in there once before. So yeah, you have to wonder about the consistency of what's going on.
3: Yeah. So you and I have got a bloody lot of work to do, mate, and we need some people to help. We don't expect anybody to go out and put a truck on the road, although that'd be nice. I'd be more than happy to help other companies do that. Yeah. But... We need blokes to join an association and look, mate, you, you've joined us and I really appreciate that. You've, of course, gone off over the other side and had a look at the other side of the world. Mm. You've got a bit of input from what's been happening over there, but everybody wants it fixed and they want to sit at a truck stop and whinge or they want to get on a UHF and whinge. And and I've tried to do it on my own. Now I'm involved with National Road Freighters, but, mate, I've dealt with the ATA and Nat Road and yeah. VTA, and VTA are still sponsors of my truck. You know, I talked to them, and they got me involved in the meetings with Victorian Health and Transport down there, and I put in a truckie's view. I was the only bloke that was driving a truck that was involved. But that's part of it. No association, whether it's the ATA or Nat Road or National Road Freighters, can get the government to listen if you've only got 200 or 500 or 1,000 members. Yeah. And all they do is pay their money and sit back and do nothing. You've got to make an effort because you and I can't solve the problems. Mm. And look, to be fair, one bloke commented when I got elected president and we, we put up our six-point plan. One of those was about the fines and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And this bloke said, well, you associations have been trying to fix this for 20 years. Yeah. And I'll give the ATA and, and all the other associations credit for what they do. I'd like to see more driver involvement in all of them and more driver focus. Of course. But they can't achieve anything if they don't have the members. That's right. And I don't care what association you join, as long as you join one and actually do something to help them achieve it because I just can't do it on my own.
2: That's right. Well, none of us can do it on our own. As you said, I've uh, proudly joined the National Road Freighters Association because I thought that that was the one that best suited me as a driver. I've got my pen and a few other bits and pieces. But the reality of it is, is that yourself and Trevor Warner and Glenn Castanelli and pretty much all of the other people that are involved in the situation are people from behind the wheel. And we know what we're doing.
3: And yes, we don't have a university degree or a doctorate or a graduate certificate in those things. They don't do them for truck driving. Mm. And look, I've got to say the NHVR have now got a fatigue review panel underway. And I spoke with a young lady from that the other day. And she was involved in Queensland Health. She's only just come over to NHVR. Hmm. And there's this thing in Europe called, if it's about you, it's not without you. Right. Which means technically if you're the government and you're going to make a new law against truck drivers or against accountants or against bloody butchers, you can't do it without at the absolute minimum consulting with them. Well, that's
2: an excellent idea, isn't it?
3: Now, we've had some things with NTC in the past. You know, they're the one that make the law and I, and I deal with them and I've certainly invited their CEO for a ride in the truck. We've invited one of their people up to our AGM in Toowoomba on the 19th of February. We want to have a panel session and we want to get them some more views from the road, not just mine. But as a group, they are hard to get to. They've never lived in a truck on the road and yet they make the rules. Hmm. And I've complained before and quite openly that at times when they've asked for consultation, It's sort of like, oh, by the way, in a month we're going to have this and we want all your views, but they don't put it in the trucking magazine and it comes out the day before the thing closes.
2: That's right, and everyone finds out too late. Yeah. That's been happening for years. So that's not consultation. That's
3: bullshit. That's what that is.
2: That's exactly right.
3: And we've got to be given a chance to contribute And then that's where our blokes get cynical. You and I both know it, mate. Mm. You say to someone, well, what have you done about that? Mm. Well, no one listens, mate. No one will do anything. That's right. And we recognize that. Believe you me, we've lived it. I still do. But we need more blokes just to make that one effort, that one phone call about that bit of road. Ask a mate, oh, what do you think of that bump? Oh, it's bloody terrible. You rang up put in a complaint? No. Well, if five blokes ring up, hmm. all of a sudden they're going to go, hang on, jeez, what's going on here? we better look at this. Yeah. But if it's just me, oh, bloody Rod rang up. What's he want? Oh, he wants that. Oh, him again. right? eh? <laughs> and that's just a simple example. You start looking at major reviews and things. Mate, if, we're, if only 10 or 20 truck drivers write into the HVNL review, what do you think's going to happen? They get looked at sideways, I suppose. Well, they're going to say, well, can't be that bad. Only 10 blokes have written in. And hmm. no matter how good your submission is, that in its own is not going to change the law.
6: Yeah.
3: All right. Well,
2: mate, it's probably time to wrap it up. I've had you here for nearly half an hour. You've got stuff to do. I believe you've got to go and pick your old truck up and, and do a bit yep. and take care of business. So thanks for coming on with us, Rod. We will catch you down the track. Great work. I do appreciate everything that you do. And thanks for some of your time on the show. I really do appreciate it.
3: Uh, thanks for the opportunity, mate. Happy to have some feedback. And as I say, get out, give it a go. Give us a hand. Get something done.
2: Good on you, mate. Take
3: care. Safe travelling to all, mate.
0: Kermi here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcast every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you.
1: Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better.
0: We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries, Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Oh,
1: am I the only one who says I'm fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, hey, I'm fine. But I'm not. So let the truth be told.
4: G'day, it's James Johnston here, and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. Got
1: a letter from the IRS saying your tax returns. Is-
0: it's time for wake the truck up with ben charles the truckies tax accounting specialist
7: thanks andy and mike hi i'm ben charles of truckies tax accountants australia's number one truckies tax specialist and from next week the on-air tax expert for 46 stations across australia with luke bonner's night shift on triple m I'm here each week working hard for hardworking Aussie truckies to help them wake the truck up. In episodes 45 and 58 onwards, I've covered essential truckies to do tax tips to help truckies recover more refunds from returns they've lodged and bigger, safer refunds from 22 and future years. So be sure to listen to them if you've missed any or call and book a free chat 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 1300 51151. This week, it's all about now. It's about what to do right now. And I'm giving listeners a $1,000 credit to get off your butts to call and set up your bigger, safer 22 refund before it's too late. Right now, you need to take whatever steps possible to make sure your car is claimable up to 25,000. Right now, you need to start your 12-week logbooks for each job from the 1st of July 21 to the 30th of June 22. One job, one 12-week logbook. Otherwise, you'd just be claiming without a logbook, and that means you're limited to claiming only 3600 Right now, you need to set up our free and easy system to keep perfect records so you can claim every cent you spend on work-related expenses, up to $32,000 for overnight hauling, up to $10,000 for overtime meals when you work locally, and thousands more for clothes, PPE, tools, licenses, and certifications, telephones, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, you need to call 1300 51 and wake the truck up. Remember, we're always interested to receive your questions here, or by calling Triple M Night Shift or me direct. As always, all I do is care and share the information available on ato.gov.au because no other mother trucker has been bothered. So wake the truck up now. It's free to listen, learn, and to call 1300 51 until next week, I'm Benjamin Charles, Australia's number one truckies tax accountant. Keep it safe out there.
1: Hi,
4: this is Colin Nilly, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy.
0: you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility, which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hey, Mike, what's happening, mate?
2: Well, right now I am sitting in a dirty, great big parking bay all on my own on the side of old 31, mate, Highway 31, minding my own business. I'm out trucking back on the East Coast, mate. That's what's happening. Fair enough. i tell you what, it's been a bit weird since I've been back, you know? Hmm. I had a bloke chew in me air for about 40 minutes today. <laughs> mm. He was just on about the show and good to see you back on the East Coast and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that was all right.
0: Oh, good to hear. Mm. Mm. Well, mate, in the interest of showing my missus that I do care about what's important to her.
2: Oh, good God, here we go.
0: I did some extensive <laughs> research and discovered that scientists in the US have actually come up with a definitive list of what a woman really wants. Oh, okay. Mm. So, armed with that valuable information, I set about becoming the perfect husband.
2: okay. This is not going to go well, is it?
0: Well, it didn't work, mate. It seems she's changed her mind since the study was done. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the
2: news,
0: (laughs) from from 1am on January 15, truckies no longer need to show an F-pass when crossing the border into Queensland.
2: Yeah, that's the dreaded F pass. We know what the F stands for too, don't we? Mm, Free. Free, (laughs) free, yeah. The F pass has gone by the wayside and going into Queensland, you don't need to show them anything. No need for a COVID-19 test result. No need for a vaccination status. No need for any written records or anything. Common sense has finally broken out. The interesting observation from all this, you know, Mm. we were locking down states with two cases because we don't need to talk about Western Australia. That's exactly what they're doing now. They're now indulging in the insanity on the West Coast Mm. that they indulged in here on the East Coast for quite some time. I am hoping that 2022 is going to turn into a sensible year for us over here on the East Coast. Mm. Queensland Trucking Association CEO Gary Martin said, the news of the border changes comes as a welcome relief to the industry. And I think that that goes down as the understatement of the year so far. There's still a big job ahead of us, though, and managing the risks such as they are and dealing with an acute driver shortage is going to be the challenge for 2022 on the East Coast anyway, we hope.
0: All right. Now, can I just double-check what you said there? Did you say that drivers no longer have to show their vaccination status? No,
2: no vaccination status required. Okay. You don't have to do a pass anymore.
0: Mm. There was no one at the border to check it.
2: Then There's no one at the border to check. Good grief. So. Obviously, you know, they're saying that you need to be double backs and all that sort of thing. Those requirements are still in place, but if you're not filling out a pass and there's no one there to check, mm. who the hell knows?
0: Yeah, a bit dicey, eh? I don't know. Anyway. Mate, with news to hand that a roadhouse has set up a fundraiser for an injured truckie, it kind of makes you wonder why our industry hasn't set up some kind of support program for all our drivers who've been injured whilst doing their jobs.
2: I agree, mate. I don't really want to go into the specifics about this one lass that suffered the way she has. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Hmm. But all of us out here on the road know that terrible, terrible things happen and they happen all too often. Adam from NTI and I have had many long conversations about how what happens on the road is regarded by many as the cost of doing business. I fail to understand how that can possibly be the case. And to use Adam's words, and I'm sure he won't mind if I quote him, He has said that we've got this vision about cutting down deaths and injuries on our roads, Mm. trying to decide what acceptable numbers are. And his view is the same as mine, I think, in that what number is acceptable? Is any number acceptable? Yeah, that's true. But anyway, moving on, the roadhouse at Mortlake has got a fundraiser going for this girl. You know, there was another big truck accident today on the M1. Mm-hmm. These things happen every day and as you say, I really do think, if there's anyone out there listening to the show who has any idea how you could set up a fund and what we could do, I really do think it's well past time that there was a fund set up by truck drivers, for truck drivers, for someone, anyone that gets injured, we can just help the families that are left behind in the immediate aftermath of what goes on. Yeah. You know,
0: take the pressure off. Something like an NDIS, but something that actually works.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, if there's anyone out there that's got any expertise in setting something like that up or, or knows it, you know, I'd love to talk to them. I really would, and we can sort of work our way through it, mate.
0: It's one of those things that people will always say, "Yeah, someone should do something about that.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: And we kind of need to know who that someone is. So if any of our listeners have any thoughts... Do you think it's something that you should be doing, that we should be doing collectively as a group of drivers, that one of the associations should do, that a corporation should do, or the government should do? Give us your ideas. Tell us what you think.
2: Yeah, please. Hmm.
0: Mate, amidst the ongoing saga about price gouging on AdBlue, Mm. now the ACCC is focusing on servos and convenience stores that are guilty of having ridiculous prices on their stocks of the rapid antigen tests.
2: And it has got to the point where it is absolutely ludicrous.
0: Mm.
2: I saw one online just this morning. Someone paid $500 for two. Good grief. $500 for two. 1,800 complaints have been made to the watchdog. Hmm numerous drivers have contacted big grigs frustrated by the increasing scarcity and the soaring prices. Yep. One large transport operator has said that he'd had his rat supply commandeered by the government okay. as they scrambled to meet his demands. I'd love to know who that was. The ACCC has contacted more than 40 suppliers and major retailers and pharmacy chains seeking information about their costs, current pricing and stock availability. Now, It just beggars belief that there are people out there that are willing to screw their fellow humans over something like this or anything. Mm. And it's like ticket scalpers. Yep. These assholes that put the price of AdBlue from $0.99 to $3 just at the click of the fingers. Mm. People that gouge the price out of others because they've got it. I laughed my ass off when those fellas bought all that bloody hand sanitizer and stuff back at the start of the COVID and they got stuck with it. Remember that? Yep. This has got the same smell about it. I really do hope that they do get caught up with These things should not be costing more than 30 bucks each.
0: Well, they shouldn't even be costing that much.
2: Well, you'd think. Mm. If you have a look at what's going on overseas, they sell them in bloody vending machines overseas. Mm. If you go to Thailand, you can buy them out of a vending machine. Mm. I mean, what is the world coming to? Now, everyone's blaming Morrison for all this. I don't blame Morrison. As much as I despise the man, he is not responsible for everything. But I will say one thing: perhaps if him and all of his colleagues f off to Hawaii for a holiday, maybe the country might be able to sort it out.
0: Yeah, he tried that before; it didn't come down so well, did it?
2: Well, he didn't take enough of them with him. <laughs> like that's an overseas wrought holiday I'd pay for, as long as there was none left to fuck around with stuff here in the country while they're gone. Yep. Perhaps the rest of us could sort this bullshit out.
0: Yeah, an interesting side issue there. I saw a video of an orange testing positive on a RAT test. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> mate, I like this next one. The NHVR has launched a new road safety awareness campaign. Now, get ready, this, called Don't <laughs> F*** With A Truck, yeah. and it's aimed squarely at learners and P-plate drivers. How good is that?
2: That's awesome, is it? They've been taking lessons from me, mate. <laughs> I reckon John Gilbert's been listening to the podcast, right? Yeah. And he said, listen to Mick and Andy did. Mick goes right off his trolley sometimes. Yep. And maybe it cuts through. Don't f*** with the truck. I love it. Yep. $250,000 campaign as part of the Heavy Vehicle Safety Initiative, which is supported by the federal government. Old mate Sal Petrosito is right up there with it and said the NHBR is doing a wonderful job. Hmm. The campaign is intentionally provocative and is designed to grab the target audience's attention and start important conversations around road safety, NHPR CEO Sal Petrosito said. Like, mate, I can't argue with him. Mm. They do seem to pay attention to it. Getting an LRP plate is a great big step in a young person's life. We all remember when we got our licence for the first time. I remember when I went from my L's to my P's, mate, I was free. Mm. I was living in Sydney at the time. I was based down at Walmerloo. Mm. I went to Parramatta Road and I bought a car,
6: as you do. Yeah,
2: as you do, or as you did. Mm. And me and me mates cruised the strip through the cross. <laughs> the first night I got my lights, I'll never forget it. Mm. Look, history, history in the making, mate. History in the making.
0: Absolutely. Well, I just love that story. in so far, it's the only time I think that I've ever quoted the NHVR and needed to use the truck horn. So there you go. <laughs>
2: I just want to hear Sal Petrusino say it.
0: Yeah, well, see if you can get him on to do it, mate, we'll leave the horn off. We'll <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Let's see how we do.
0: Finally, mate, moving right along, an amazing story of survival for a dog who survived a three-hour, 250-kilometre trip trapped in a hot and cramped truck engine bay.
2: <laughs> I love this, mate. This is a great way to finish the news off today. yeah. Cassie the Kelpie. What else would you call a Kelpie other than Cassie? Mm. Cassie the Kelpie. Hey, Cassie, get here. Get in behind.
0: Get under the bonnet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Get under the bonnet. Three hours, 250 k's in the engine Bay of a truck. So the old dog lives near Streatham in southwest Victoria, during a storm last week, went nuts as dogs sometimes do. Yep. Found shelter in the back of a worker's ute.
6: Hmm.
2: So the worker travelled home 60k's away. Cassie's believed to have made her way to the local truck stop. Hmm. Where else would a kelby go? To the truck stop, where a KNS freighter's truck was parked for the night. Somehow managed to go under the truck and crawl into the engine bay. Beautiful, lovely, and warm in there.
6: Mm.
2: Why wouldn't you go into the engine bay? Mm. Unbeknown to the driver, who obviously didn't do his pre-trip, let's just get that out there, the truck traveled from Glen Thompson to the KS workshop in Truganina, and the truck was to be serviced. So, All right, he can be forgiven for not doing his pre-trip. He's going for a service, so it doesn't matter. Mm. Oh, mate, mechanic Roman Cruz made the miraculous discovery. Can you imagine the dog? You flip her open, and out she comes.
0: Well, mate, I was just impressed reading it to see that when they opened the bonnet, typical Aussie working dog yeah. sat up and wagged his tail. Of course it would. Yeah.
2: Puts you in more to that old joke, doesn't it?
0: Mm.
2: Like <laughs> your missus and the dog in the boot of the car. Yeah. Jump back in the an air and see which one of am happy to see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, mate. What a great story, though.
0: Wagged his tail and then said, are we there yet?
2: Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> his owner. She's very appreciative to have the dog back
0: I'll bet. In one piece, too.
2: In one piece, too. How lucky's that?
0: Yeah. Uh, unreal. Good dog, Cassie. Good dog. Good dog. Yeah. My thought for the week. Yep. Joan Rivers once said, people say that money is not the key to happiness. Yep. But I figure that if you have enough money, you can always have the key made.
2: Indeed you can. There you go. Great to catch up with you again. You have a good week. What's left of it? And we'll see you on the road.
0: You as well on Wood and Upwood, mate. Indeed. See ya. <laughs> The road news is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper.
7: G'day, guys. It's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories
4: here, and you're listening to the On the Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show.
2: Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you're interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you.
3: This is Adam Gibson from NTI and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy.
2: Something to talk about, something to get your teeth into, something to have a little bit of a chew on. Compare with your mates and see what they think. And I don't reckon we would find anyone who would argue against what's happened down at the Puma in Epping. That's Epping in Melbourne, Victoria. Now... They have put into place some fairly strict parking measures in an effort to clear the parking, get the people that use the parking area there as their own little local depot, get them out. They're issuing a bit of a pass inside so that you can show that you're an interstate truck, and they'll leave you alone. They're trying to free up the parking for interstate truck drivers. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Now, there are a great long list, I'm sure. Everyone's got a list of places where the local drivers love to get in there and take parking away from interstate trucks. I was in at the Southern Cross Truck Terminal in Sydney the other day, and there's just a row of cars in the truck parking where people are parking. Now, I don't know if the Southern Cross Truck Terminal really is a place where interstate truckies go. It's been a very, very long time since I went there. I I just went in there to use the Weybridge and noticed all these cars parked, and I thought, oh, that's handy. But that's the sort of thing we see. I mean, I've seen it at the BP in Epping in Melbourne. I've seen it at the BP in Kewdale in Western Australia. I've seen it all over the place. Bloody local trucks, go going, and they park their cars in there and uh, save themselves a parking spot, take their truck to work and come back at the end of the day, and us poor bastards running up and down the highway can't get a go. So what do you reckon? Do you reckon the Fuma's done the right thing? I think they do. If you think they do, then go let them know and point out to uh, places you may be going to where parking is an issue with these local drivers. Yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Have a great weekend, keep it safe on the roads, and we'll see you when we're looking at you.
0: Hey, I've got a little something to talk about as well. First of all, I just want to say that I hate it when some people start shamelessly name-dropping just to impress their mates. Anyway, more about that in a minute. Now yesterday Mike was going about his business on the road when a bloke named Nigel driving a white Kenworth 659 heading the other direction called him up on the UHF. Nigel made it quite clear that he's a big fan of our show and then said something that showed he is clearly a man of refinement and great taste. He asked mike if we could play in full that great bonnie Raitt song that we use on the podcast now if you're not familiar with it it's the song that leads in and out of our something to talk about segment so back to the shameless name dropping issue let me say this nigel i met bonnie rate about 10 years ago when she was in los angeles putting her handprints into the concrete sidewalk at the rock and roll walk of fame so there you go i'm just as bad as the rest of them Anyway Nigel, you asked for it, here it is, it's the amazing Bonnie Raitt with something to talk about. That's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... We
2: should be serious.
0: Andy says... Yes, sir. And our guest says...
2: I can do that very easily.
0: Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.